Uh, man, how fun is this today? Man, this is so fun. Seriously, this is so fun. And uh, yeah, this room is, is, is kind of a fun, a fun new thing. But like we always say, our worship isn't about our, the place that we're sitting. Our worship is our lives. Uh, so no matter where we're standing or where we're sitting or where we're singing, uh, that's, that's where worship is happening. So uh, it's a nice little thing, um, but it's, it pales in comparison to the glory of God. Uh, so anyway, but it's, it is fun to be able to stand here and, and get the opportunity to spend more than just a few minutes chatting with you guys. And I just want to apologize ahead of time if this is your first, if this is your first Sunday here. I just pray I just don't scare you off right away because this is, yeah, I mean, normally I can not scare people away in four minutes, but uh, now I have much longer, no much longer opportunity to do that. So, uh, well, I'm just going to start off. I just, I, I felt like, uh, man, the first time I get to get to speak to everybody, uh, it's got to be, it's got to be like my life story and it's got to be like our campus's vision for the future and it's got to be all wrapped up in this thing and it's got to be like Mr. Haugen's opus, kind of, and... Uh, so it's not that, uh, but it's what's on my heart. It's, it's something that I care deeply about. It's who I am uh, as a person, but it's also who I want uh, us to be as a campus too. So hopefully you'll hear my heart by the end of it. I'm just going to start off by just letting you know a little bit more about myself. Uh, I grew up in Sioux Falls. Ended up going to Ax- I'm going back to middle school, uh, the glory years. So I went to Axtell Park Middle School, which meant... I learned most of my life lessons early on from rap music. Anybody else? Yep. Uh, So when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Look at that hardened street tough up there. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, anyway, uh, listen to copious amounts of rap music and sag your pants a little and you fit right in. Uh, So anyway, life lessons from Chris Haugen as a middle schooler. Notorious B.I.G. fans in the house. So I learned a lesson. That's that's a good life lesson right there. The more money you have, the more problems you're going to have, right? That's a real lesson. Uh, Then then we'll jump to Tupac here quick. Learn that life is... Yeah. (laughs) I should probably give a disclaimer really quick. Don't go home and listen to any of these songs. Don't listen to any of them on the car ride on the way home. Just going to say that right up front. Uh, yeah, so Tupac learned that life is really all about changes. Come on. Mm. Come on. That's just the way it is. Things will never be the same. Never be the same. That's just the way it is. <laughs> all right, that's good. Uh, and, then, yeah. and then Bone Thugs and Harmony. Anybody remember Bone Thugs and Harmony? I love that the most active you guys are in church is when I'm calling out rap, rap, rappers from the 90s. This is, this is very indicative of us, right? So Bone Thugs in Harmony. Uh, let's, just, let's just roll that a little bit here. Yeah. All got some hands up in the back. Here we go. So they taught me how to not only talk super fast, but... Uh, to, to avoid being lonely, you actually you just go to the Crossroads, which if you're from Sioux Falls, Crossroads is a Christian bookstore in town. So I was always a little confused as a middle schooler. Do I go hang out at Crossroads like every afternoon? So try it out. Try to avoid loneliness, right? And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish with, with Eminem. He, uh, oh, man. 
All right. So, so you, I, I learned from that, you, you know, you have one shot in life, and sometimes the opportunity is right there, and you have to take it, right? You don't want to miss out. Uh, and missing out, honestly, is, is kind of what I want to talk about. Uh, missing out uh, is, is something that we can relate to. We follow stories about people missing out on different things, which is why, if you're a sports fan, uh, why back in 2004, you, unless you were a Yankees fan, you were probably rooting for the Boston Red Sox, right? Because they had taken like 86 years and without miss, or missing out on a World Series. So you probably were eventually rooting for them, right? We can relate uh, to those stories. And we, you know, whether or not you're a Red Sox fan, you're like, they kind of just deserve eventually to get in, right? So we hate missing out, people missing out on things. And then more recently, of course, last year, the Cubs, they went even longer, 108 years, which is like a millennia, right? That's a le- legitimate millennia. Isn't that 100 years? <laughs> Should have practiced that before I said that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, sorry. I've lost all credibility now the rest of the way. It's a century. Yeah, I did teach math, actually. Cent, 100. Got it. Okay. Uh, yeah, so they went 108 years, 1908 to two, 2016. You know, unless you're a Cardinals fan. I see a couple, I know, yeah, I knew, I knew if you raising their hands, uh, or a White Sox fan, I'm sure you're probably rooting for them. If you watch TV back in the 80s, late 80s or 90s, you're probably rooting for this guy, good old Kevin Arnold, right? Raise your hand if you watched Wonder Years. Yeah, poor Kevin and Paul, they're always getting picked last in gym class, and you're always rooting that he, you know, he can get, get starting to date Winnie Cooper, and uh, anyway, do you remember that theme song? That's a good theme song, too. What was that? How did that go? I should really rehearse this part, too. What would I do if I sang? Yeah. Would you stand up and walk out on me? <laughs> Even that part's about missing out, right? Even that's about missing out, walking out. Anyway. Uh, and more recently, now Napoleon Dynamite. We root for Napoleon Dynamite. Right? Poor guy. Poor guy. And, of course, his brother, Kip. Come on, Kip. Right? Which actually inspired... A little bit of my alter ego. If, you've, if you're on Facebook, you've probably maybe seen my, one of my alter egos <laughs> from a cat video or two. So anyway, missing out, honestly, though, it's, it's something that we can relate to. And, and it's actually uh, more real. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that is becoming more of a real problem. And uh, as a teacher, I, I kind of started to notice this. And I he- heard the word FOMO. FOMO, fear of missing out. It's actually a new... Uh, a new symptom or a new, a new condition that you can suffer from. Because of social media, you see what people are doing uh, and people are posting, and inevitably, that means that people aren't there if they're watching it online. And so that's what, that's what the Oxford English Dictionary added this to their definition list in 2013 as a real word that people are, are, are suffering from. So fear of missing out. Uh, as, us, as a church, you know, we probably, when we think about people missing out, it's really drives our mission a little bit, actually. We probably think of people who are missing out in life. And, and honestly, probably some of us are actually missing out even right now as well uh, on a deeper level. And I think for us as a church, uh, the hard part about church is that if you, if you come to know the Lord and you come to follow Jesus, you understand the life-giving, the life-changing results that happen from following Jesus. The people who are missing out you, you can't know what you don't know. You can't know the possibilities that are there in front of you unless you take a step and you try it out. So people go on living their lives, missing out perpetually, uh, and our hearts continue to break for them, right? Because we want them to experience what we have. 
uh, we, we, we don't want them to, to suffer from the fear of missing out. Uh, and for us uh, at the downtown campus, I'm sure we probably all have examples of seeing people around us living lonely or pointless lives. And uh, I kind of was reminded of that a few weeks ago. We were, a group of us got together and we were passing out VBS flyers for VBS that just happened a couple weeks ago and trying to invite some people. And we were walking around one of the neighborhoods and, and we, I was with my two sons, and we saw a gentleman on his hands and knees kind of in the, the boulevard uh, next to the sidewalk. And we got closer, and he was, you know, I went over to try to help him up. He was saying that his knees were given out, but, you know, quickly realized that it was intoxicated. Uh, my kids, it was kind of the first time for them that they really realized that people, like, live differently than them, kind of, I think. I mean, they, they seemed genuinely concerned for this person, and... Uh, but for us as a church, too, I mean, we get to worship. We have the opportunity to worship in the center of Sioux Falls, downtown, one of the most diverse places in our city and probably the entire state. And there's people all around us uh, in, our, in our groups, in our friendship, in our circle of influence that, that probably are, are intoxicated in other ways. And honestly, maybe some of us are intoxicated. I mean, uh, in, with pride, you know, some of us or people we know struggle with understanding their neediness for God. Um, there's people that maybe struggle with anger. Uh, maybe with a flip of a switch, you, you kind of lose your temper. You struggle forgiving people or the people around us that we know. Uh, there's people that, you know, we get so dependent on the things that this world has to offer that it becomes our God and we struggle letting go of things and we obsess over things. We, be, we can really be intoxicated in many different ways, not just outwardly, but oftentimes the most dangerous ones are inwardly, the things that we don't want to share with other people. Uh, so you're probably, I mean, maybe you're feeling some of those feelings yourself, or maybe you know somebody who is, and um, maybe is, just, just think about that. Is there part of that that resonates with you, any piece of it? Have you felt loneliness in your life before? And do you know what it feels like, uh, like you're trying to do something all on your own? Do you feel abandoned? Do you feel left out? Have you ever felt marginalized? Have you felt like you're not enough? Have you felt like your life is pointless? Do you feel like you're just going through the motions? Have you, have you felt unsettled in your life, trying to fill a void? Have you been medicating yourself with whatever the needs of this world offer or whatever the things that this world offers? You know, seeking temporary happiness, deep down knowing that you're not finding true happiness. Uh, let me be, I just want to be straightforward. Uh, that's not going to be our story as a church. Not, not as a campus, and I just pray not as individuals. I don't want us to miss out. Scripture has a lot to say about it. Sorry, when I, I, I get choked up so easily sometimes. <laughs> but it's something I care about. It's, it's, it, it'll happen more and more, I'm sure. So you have to give me a few minutes. Uh, but Scripture has a lot to say about missing out. Uh, there's a great example that I want to talk about today uh, with people who were missing out in life, and Jesus approaches them, and all of a sudden... Their life was changed. Um, it's, it's guys who were probably living the hustle and bustle of life, guys who were making a living, going through motions, probably just probably happy to a certain degree in their life, uh, but without realizing it, completely missing out, completely missing out. Because when Jesus approaches them, all of a sudden, their life is transformed. And he literally, only, he says one sentence. He says a sentence, and he has two things within that sentence. And somehow, with that one sentence, they follow, they follow him, and they go with him on a completely different tra- trajectory. 
In Mark chapter 1, verse 16 through 20, it says, One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. And Jesus called out to them. And they left their nets and at once followed him. A little farther up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John, in a boat repairing their nets. He called them at once, and they followed him, leaving their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired men. So within that, Jesus, like I said, he says one thing. And maybe, maybe the situation was different. Maybe Jesus had a nice long conversation with them. But there was one thing that the gospel writer thought was important enough uh, to put down on paper. Paper was a premium back then. They didn't want to waste space. We, they didn't write things out all over the place like we do, right? Paper was, uh, not everybody had it. So they, they, they saved the room and they wrote one thing that he said, the most important thing. So he says, come follow me. I'll show you how to fish for people. Come follow me. I'll show you how to fish for people. So he offers community. Come and follow me. Be with me. And he offers purpose. I'll show you how to fish for people. Community and purpose. Community and purpose. So two things he offers, and they leave everything. How in the world does that happen? I just imagine this moment. I think of myself in my busy day at work, or maybe you can think of that same thing. You're, and you're in the midst of what you're doing. You don't want some stranger saying, hey, I got this better idea for you. You know, once you come follow me, you're never going to believe that person. But somehow they knew who Jesus was, and somehow they knew that what he was offering was, was freedom from what they were doing. It's crazy. So it's, I just think about him approaching them and thinking about him offering community, come with me. You know, just imagine. And maybe you can imagine yourself in this situation too. You know, are you, do you feel alone? Come follow me. Do you feel isolated out in the boat? Come and follow me. Do you feel like you don't have anybody around you? Come and follow me. Do you feel like you have any, don't have anybody in your life to care about you? Come and follow me. Be with me. And he offers purpose. You know, do you, do you, feel, do you, do you feel like you don't have any purpose in your life? I'll teach you purpose. Do you feel like what you're doing isn't contributing to anything greater? I'll teach you how to contribute, how to use your skills. And do you feel like your skills aren't worth anything? That's, that's the great part about the, that part, that Jesus approaches them and he takes, he takes what they know, fishing, and he tells them that he's going to use that skill, the thing that they know, their experiences, their, their training. Their, it's a family business probably, so it's their whole life. And he says, I'm going to use that very thing to build the kingdom of God. How awesome. So maybe you're thinking about these things and, and maybe you're looking at it and you realize that, you know, I can probably relate to some of it. I think, I think I'm set with community. I think I'm doing okay with that. But maybe my purpose, I'm kind of struggling with what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. Or maybe the, vice versa. Maybe you feel like you're doing exactly what you should be doing, but you're doing it alone. You feel like you're completely alone. And um, I just want to be straightforward and say, I feel like you need both. To avoid missing out in life, you need both. I think Jesus offered the fishermen both on purpose. So just looking at it, um, and, and I just, Jesus isn't the only person either. Since I've been kind of looking at this and been praying about it, and um, I, I'm realizing how much people are finding this ever since. So it's not like, uh, it's not like 
uh, well, I'll, I'll just tell you, I, this last week, I was, a news uh, article came across my news feed, and just something, you know, sparked my interest, and it was, it was an article about uh, Google's HR representative, and it said uh, that he had found the, the, the way to keep people around, or the way to, the way to keep, keep good, good employees, and he said there's two things. You can probably guess where I'm going with this. The, that's right, the two things. The two things he said were one, the quality of the people that they work with, so community, and the feeling that they, what they're doing, that the work that they're doing is something meaningful, purpose. So, so even empirically, people are finding that this is what people need in life. And if you're missing out on one or the other, you're gonna feel, you're gonna feel lonely or you're gonna feel pointless. Uh, taking them both separately. So let's say, you, let's say you are living your life and feel like you have community, but maybe you don't feel like you have purpose. Uh, I mean, there's no shortage of social events for us to go to, and there's probably, if you probably take out and look at your calendar, there's probably no shortage of things on your calendar, maybe, uh, that, that are good things, lots of good things to do. Um, but what happens is that when we, when we fill our lives full of community, uh, it can ultimately end up without purpose, it comes, becomes a distraction, and it causes us to live our life without purpose. Our lives are going to be end up being pointless. Even though we're doing a lot of good things, if we're not living with purpose, uh, we're not accomplishing anything great. And I'm just, uh, there's a lot of college students probably here too. I just want to speak to you. You're probably in a, the point of life too where you are experiencing this uh, majorly. You're forced to live in dorms. You're forced to be around people. Uh, community is all over the place. But at the same time, you have people all around you, people trying to find purpose, right? So high community, possibly little purpose, uh, and I know, I know the, the struggles that you're probably trying to, trying to fight through and struggle with, what's, what you're supposed to, how you're supposed to be living your life. Uh, and unfortunately for us adults, too, uh, we live that life, and then we start to realize that being in community, sometimes that becomes, we think that that becomes the purpose. It feels good to be around people, right? But the danger is that if that becomes purpose, uh, we, we, we kind of miss the point, and we end up, we end, we end up being distracted away from, from living a life of purpose. Now flip-flop it, take the other way. Let's say you have, uh, let's say you're doing something in your life. Maybe, uh, maybe you're doing a job that is your dream job, but maybe you don't have anybody around you supporting you. Or maybe you're following your dreams. You feel like you're driven, uh, but maybe you feel like you can't trust other people to come alongside you or help you out. You have nobody around you to support you. Uh, take Forrest Gump. There's a little flip of, flip of the gears there. Forrest Gump, to the extreme. I don't know why I thought of him, but for some reason I just did. I think of the scene with Forrest Gump where he's, he's running. You could, I mean, he did a lot of crazy things in his life. I think just the whole story of his life is just this random guy who ends up doing these crazy, awesome things. But at one point in his life, he just decides he's going to start running across the country. Well, like, actually, no, he runs the end of the block and then end of the street and then the end of the town and then he ends up at the coast or somehow, right? Um, but he keeps running and, he, and he's kind of doing this. He has this big purpose, but even in this picture, you can see He's somebody who doesn't have community. Even the people behind him, he's inspiring other people even to follow him, but he's not even spending any time with them. They're all pumped up to follow, but they're, you know, they're 50 yards back all the time. And this is what happens when you don't have community with purpose. You don't have people supporting you along the way. He gets to the end, this scene, maybe you remember this scene, but uh, he says, I'd run for three years, two months, 14 days, and 16 hours. It's a pretty good pretty good. Forrest Gump. So then he turns around and the people, you know, somebody in the group is like, shh, he's going to say something. And they probably think, 
You know, he's inspired us to run these great distances. He's going to drop this huge bomb, and he's going to say something amazing. You guys, who knows what he says? Yeah, I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm pretty tired. I think I'm going to go home now. And just turns around and just starts walking the other direction past him. So nobody in his life to help tell him or encourage him on and keep pushing him forward. Nobody to tell him, possibly, if he's run for three straight years, maybe his energy could be better used somewhere else, possibly, too. But uh, we need both. We need community and purpose together. So just kind of about my life a little bit. I grew up in Sioux Falls my entire life. I grew up near 18th and, and Western, kind of in center, the center of Sioux Falls. Uh, and, uh, and, and I grew up on the border of, of, this, of school district, two different school districts, uh, borders. So when I went to middle school, the border for Edison and Axtell was 18th Street. I lived like right on the north side of 18th Street. I went to Axtell. Some of my friends from elementary school went to Edison. Uh, and then for high school, the border for Lincoln and Roosevelt was Western Avenue at the time. So people on, on the east side of Western went to Lincoln, and people on the west side of Western, like me, went to Roosevelt. So I ended up, uh, I ended up feeling kind of isolated in my life, a- away from friends. I felt like in those years, there was always people with pockets of friends that I was always kind of coming in late to the game. They were already, like when I got to high school, everybody that went to Memorial was already great buddies and friends, and it took me like two years to finally like feel like I had people around me, you know? So I just, I, I, f- I feel like there's part of me that that's probably resonates a lot with this, that constantly kind of missing out. Uh, and I had, I had times with purpose, no community. I love basketball, so high purpose, but sometimes it's hard to find community in that. And I, you know, eventually in high school you make friends, so maybe you have community, but, but no purpose. But I finally started to find community and purpose. I got a taste of it in high school when I was going to the youth group. But then I really, honestly, I, 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 I'm starting to begin to understand maybe what God's talking about when I came to embrace I've been here for over five years now. Uh, but diving heavily into community and purpose, it honestly has changed, completely changed my life. Completely changed my life. Uh, I, I would say I'm a, I'm a pastor now uh, because I experienced that early on. Honestly, I, it, changed the, it changed what I pursued in life. It changed what college degree I got. It changed the jobs that I accepted later on. Because once you experience com- purpose and community together, it's like you have a craving for it again. It's like you can't, I can't live my life without that anymore. I've experienced such a high level of that and you, you start to understand what, maybe what God's plan is. I have, I don't, I, there's so much more I know that I still have to learn. But man, when you get a taste of that, it's like I'm unsettled until I find it again. And so honestly, when I, when I became a pastor, uh, people ask me like, what is it? How does it feel to become a pastor? I honestly tell them, it honestly feels zero different, like zero change in my life, which is kind of weird to say. Like, I still, it's still weird people call, somebody just called me Pastor Chris this morning. Where are you, Brad? <laughs> I, still, I, still, I still can't even, can't, it still seems weird people saying Pastor Chris, but, um, so don't call me that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like, I feel like I understood ministry and became a pastor like in high school. Like I feel like I've felt the exact same way about my purpose in life since then. So when they plopped a pastoral title on, on me a couple years ago, like I don't feel like I do anything different, honestly. Because once you find purpose in community, you start to realize the loneliness 
in your life can be alleviated and you start to realize the pointlessness in your life can be alleviated, man, it's like you want more and more and more and I want to dive deeper and deeper. And not only that, now I get to my job now is to help other people find it. Hallelujah. How awesome is that? So that's what I want for you guys. Uh, and just, just a, a little bit more about myself. Uh, the past 15 years, I've taken a personality test two times. So over the course of 15 years, uh, twice I've had it. And both times over, over that span, the word includer has been in there. So includer is one of my top five. Includer is someone who, uh, if, there's a, if there's something happening in a group of people, I'm the one out of the group that's going to notice the person standing off by themselves. And it's going to pain me until I get that person into the group. Which is why probably, if, you have, if you've been at Embrace, if you're new, and I probably have like been, probably popped your bubble, like your personal space, I apologize. It's just my includer. Like, tr- it's like a tractor beam just sucking me right in. It's like, uh, can't help myself. But, but honestly, if you're, if you're new, like, don't be surprised if I give you a hug. And I know James last week teased me. Was, it, was somebody here last week when James was mocking me? <laughs> Well, I'm not here. Just teasing. I love you. Um, but yeah, like that's, guys, that is, it's, it's become who I am, honestly, as a person, that includer, the person who wants other people to experience com- purpose and community, which is why I can't wait. I get excited about offering opportunities for people to come in and join what's going on at the church. Once you come in and you join in what's going on at the church, you start to realize uh, the purpose of community. You start wanting that for other people. You go to your job during the week and you start uh, trying to find that. You try to seek people out who need that. Man, it's contagious. And I want to spread that. I want people to understand how awesome that is. Uh, so really quick, if you want to take out your, your connection cards, really quickly, uh, I just want to take, just take a, a minute or two. Um, it's talking about community and purpose. Honestly, this is, this is language I want to continue to talk for the next, I don't know, forever. Jesus talked about it a long time ago. We can talk about it forever now. Uh, but I want to, if you feel like you're missing out on community or purpose in your life in general, or maybe just among our community here at the church, um, I'm just going to share with you some ways that you, can, that you can add that to your life. So if you feel like community is something that you're missing out on, uh, we're, we're, I'm... I'm we're trying to do more things together, uh, just spont- spontaneous things. Last Thursday night, we hung out at my house and did a, a bonfire worship night, and it was sweet. And we're going to do another one at the end of the month, and we're going to do another one in August. So, and maybe another, some another family stepped up, and they said, like, can we do one in September? So we might just do, like, a bonfire worship night every single month of the year. So uh, consider coming. I know, it's, I know it's scary coming and walking into somebody's house and maybe not knowing the people there. But man, once you know the people there, I mean, it takes stepping out to get to know, right? Uh, and also, if you're on Facebook too, I created a Facebook group that hopefully we can start adding everybody. If you come to the downtown campus and you're on Facebook, uh, put that, mark that on your card. I'll add you to that group because we'll probably try to just add some community online there just to get, get people connected. Uh, but also, just too, don't wait. Uh, don't wait for other people to get you together. That's another challenge too. If you're missing community, I know it's so hard getting to know new people, but man, if there's somebody that you just had a conversation with at church, ask them to go to lunch. Invite people over. If there's a few people you know at church, help make that relationship not be a Sunday relationship. Invite them over for dinner during the week. 
so you can get to know them outside of, this, outside of these situations. So don't wait for other people to get you connected to. Seek it out. It's good for you. It's good for us to do that. Uh, and purpose. Thinking back, so Jesus, when he approached the disciples, he offered uh, to use their skills, their passions, their experiences and desires to take those and use those to build the kingdom of God. Uh, so be thinking about what do, you, what, do you, what, what do you have in your life? What, what's your job? What are your experiences? What are the things that you know? How can that build the kingdom of God? There are ways. I want to start using people's skills and gifts, uh, equipping people to see ministry happen. Man, once you start using what you're good at, using what your skills are to advance the kingdom, and you start seeing stories of lives changed, it's going to just spur you on for more and more and more. You're going to change uh, the course of people's lives by stepping out and doing that. So be thinking about what you, what you bring to the table, what you bring to the church body. Uh, and I'm, we're, we're, we're changing up a little bit how we're even organizing people. I want to offer more uh, for people to be involved, more, more opportunities for people to lead things, more opportunities for people to take on responsibility so that they can feel like they are pushing the church forward, what God called us all to do. Uh, so if you feel like with your skills and all that kind of stuff, you feel like there's a need at the church that you see, if there's a gap that you feel like is missing, man, maybe God's calling you into that. You don't have to come and work at church to, to do that. Uh, but maybe God is calling you into something. Uh, so th- this is all of our church. We're all going to push the ball forward. We're all going to make, uh, make this happen. We're going to do it together. So honestly, just coming back to it, if, you feel, if you're feeling uh, lonely or pointless, I just want to echo Jesus' calling that day to the disciples. He's calling you out of the boat. If you're feeling lonely and pointless, step out of the boat. There's something for you. There's more for you available. Uh, I just want to close with one kind of picture. Uh, if, you've, if, if you've ever heard the, the name Michael Collins, Michael Collins is, uh, is an astronaut. And this story drives me crazy. So I, he was one of, one of the astronauts on Apollo 11 in 1969 when the, when the astronauts went and, and landed on the moon for the very first time. And uh, so Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong, you're right, they get out and they're out on, walking on the surface of the moon. And guess where Michael Collins is? He's in like the orbiter, like orbiting the moon. Can you imagine? You just came like a quarter of a million miles and you're going to watch your buddies frolic and like do that like, like big jumping that they do on the moon. You're going to watch them have all the fun and you're going to orbit around. Really? I'm sure he was happy to do it. But I just can't stand that, he, that somebody was in that position. You're 250,000 miles away from the earth and you're a few miles away from your buddies on the moon and you're just sitting there. Talk about isolation. Talk about being alone. But man, I just want to challenge you guys. Don't be Michael Collins. Don't don't sit back and watch something happen at church. Dive into purpose and community. I guarantee God is going to meet you every step of the way. I've experienced it. And if you haven't experienced it, please step out. Trust me. Trust Jesus Christ himself that purpose and community uh, will give you the life that you feel like you're maybe, maybe missing out on. Uh, so don't miss out. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are so great. You are so worthy. You are so good. 
God, we're so thankful that we, we have this story about the disciples and we have this, uh, this picture that you tried to give of purpose and community. And Jesus, we see your story. We see the life that, that came to the disciples by taking a step out of the boat, taking a step out of what they knew, taking a step into something that maybe they didn't fully trust or maybe they didn't fully see what was gonna happen, but God, they knew that something was better ahead of them. God, thank you for being a God that calls us out of our comfortable lives and into something that we never even imagined was better. Band is God, thank live. you for offering us uh, life in that way. God, I pray for this as a campus, that we live and breathe purpose and community that everything we do flows through that. God, we want to live lives like the disciples. We want to follow you so closely that we understand who you are. We understand, God, what you're thinking. We understand uh, uh, your purpose for our lives and for our church. God, help us be people who seek you out, seek that out, and take advantages of those things. God, it's in your holy, precious name we pray. Amen.